How do you draw people into every sermon, every class, every small group, every gathering you have? That's what we're going to talk about in today's episode. So the big question is this. How do pastors like us who remain focused on the mission of Jesus and serving our communities without being distracted by everything in the world around us, how do we increase our effectiveness while living a lifestyle that doesn't compromise our health, our families, or our personal relationships with Jesus? That's the question this podcast is going to answer. I'm Dr. Brandon Party Cooper, and welcome to the Ministry Hackers Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to this episode. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you're doing well. I'm excited today to dive into our episode, but before I do that, I want to encourage you to jump on over to engagingchurchblueprint.com slash designsmallgroups. And I want you to get my free course, How to Design Small Groups That People Actually Want to Attend. And in it, uh, I show you how to create small groups that will draw more than 50% of your congregation into attending your small groups. Instead Instead of having the same four small groups serving the same 40 people in your church, this course is going to show you how to create a small group system that people in your faith community can't wait to come to. The course is free, so you really don't have anything to lose. So again, you can check it out at engagingchurchblueprint.com slash design small groups. Today, I'm excited about uh, what we're talking about today. I have a lot to share and go over, so I'm a little concerned about time. And so I'm just going to dive right in instead of giving you my you know, my regular weather report and my family update and all of those things. We're just going to dive right in. And I want to, um, today what we're talking about is we're talking about is the six ways to tell better stories. Now, all of us know we're pastors, ministry leaders. We've Hopefully we've studied the Bible and we're familiar with the ministry of Jesus. We know that Jesus told stories all the time. We call them parables now, um, the stories that he told. And he would tell stories all the time. He would use them um, really when he would tell stories. There are three kind of main reasons or main things that he accomplished when he would share a story. The first thing is that he captured people. Whenever Jesus would tell stories, he would draw people in. He would, you know, create emotional responses. He would um, help them to, uh, you know, it would it would help them to sit and to pay attention and to be focused in. So he 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 captured people. The second thing he did, he's re- he related to people. Um, you know, he used a lot of farming um, or agricultural uh, parables that that the people understood and they related to and and made sense to them. And then the third thing that it did is it broke through the cultural divides that existed. Now, most of his audience were Jews. However, within the Jewish community, there were, there were subcultures that he was breaking through, whether it was, you know, reaching, um, you know, different, uh, social classes or different, um, um, economic classes within the Jewish communities. He was telling stories that they all understood that, that they were familiar with or that they um, could relate to. And it broke through the cultural divides. And what it did is it created a common ground for, um, for his hearers to understand that the kingdom of God is not about social class. It's not about uh, economic class. It's not about uh, 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 what race you're a part of or what, what city you're from or whatever. Uh, the kingdom of God is about all of us and 
and and each of us and 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 so Jesus would use stories and he would tell stories and it would it would bring people together and create almost this commonality of um you know of 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 familiarity with each other but then also once Jesus uh died on the cross and rose um everybody was able to tell the story of oh, I was there when Jesus said that I was there when Jesus uh you know did you know taught us um, about, you know, the, the parable in the, of, of the sower or whatever he, you know, people could say I was there and it didn't matter what class they were from or what race they were. It didn't matter because they shared that moment. They had a shared story because Jesus told stories to draw them together. Now I had a friend in college. He actually was, uh, my, it was my roommate, um, for a while. So we went to the same Bible college. We didn't really know each other a, a ton when we were in Bible college, but after Bible college, we started helping out in um, a young adult ministry. And so um, we were both leaders in the, in the young adult ministry. And then um, shortly after, you know, shortly after we started that, we started to, uh, we rented a loft uh, together, which is, you know, in my pre-marriage days was the pinnacle of, um, of bachelor living. We had a, a, a top floor loft in downtown Springfield, Missouri, um, that overlooked the city that was wide open that, you know, everybody would come over and we'd have, you know, great meals, everything else. It was wonderful. We lived there for like six months, unfortunately. It wasn't very long. Um, but my friend, his name was Eric Alfson. He was probably maybe one of the best storytellers that I have ever known. Um, he had crazy stories that he had grown up. He was a military kid. So he had all kinds of crazy experiences growing up. And, um, and, and I remember, you know, we were both working with this young adult group. And so we had, you know, our young adult group was 150 or so at times. And we would gather together at somebody's house and we would sit there for hours, um, just sitting on couches and sitting in living rooms and Eric would tell story after story after story. And every once in a while, he would take a break and somebody else would jump in on a story and they would tell a story and their story would be great. But Eric was just great at, um, he would draw us in. He would create this, you know, emotional uh, response from all of us. He would, he would know the right details to embellish, uh, the, the, the details to just gloss over. He just, he had a knack for telling great stories. And, and in the time that I, uh, that we were in Springfield together and especially in the time that I lived with him, I learned so much from him about how to tell good stories. And, and I imagine that, you know, maybe you're that person, maybe you are the storyteller that everybody comes and they sit around and, and, and they listen to your stories, or maybe you have somebody in your life that you can think of that, um, that tell great stories. And I would say, if you're not that person, then today's episode is for you because what we're going to do is we're going to talk about, um, we're going to talk about this, the, the six things that you need to do or the, or the six ways that you can tell better stories. Um, and so let's just go ahead and dive in, dive into telling better stories, um, and, and creating that engaging, um, experience for people. Um, and the first way to do that is to use your own voice and be yourself. Use your own voice and be yourself. Too often, and especially for pastors and ministry leaders, I think, you know, I know that this was the case for me. I grew up, you know, I had great pastors that I grew up under and, and I would watch them. They would tell such good stories. And 
and some of them were you know, most of them actually were very charismatic leaders and and you know they had such a you know dynamic personality and it was so big and it filled the you know I went I grew up in a church of uh, 1500 to 2000 people and and my pastor's personality would fill that entire room every Sunday and that was very hard for me because as a as an aspiring pastor, I just that's not my personality. I'm very subdued. I'm very calm. Very you know chill, laid back. I'm not this big personality, and so I always felt like I had to be like them. Um, and it actually has hindered me over the course of my ministry because I've tried so hard to be like other people. And what I've learned over the last few years, especially since I've been coaching and consulting and um, creating courses and just helping pastors and ministry, there's I've I've learned probably more in this time um, how valuable it is for me to have my own voice and to be myself because um, you know I can't be anybody else, and if I just focus on being myself and and sharing my voice, then. I will do it much better over time. And so and my encouragement to you is, is as you are telling your stories, even as you tell the you know biblical stories and you've heard them told a hundred times, you don't just have to tell them like somebody else did. Tell them like you would. Tell the story the way you want to. Use your voice, be yourself, and let your personality come through um, because that's what draws people in and engages them. If you're trying to be somebody else, you're really probably going to work against yourself and you're going to alienate people because you're not being you. And so be yourself, use your own voice and be yourself. The second thing is to be honest, even if it scares you. Now, we are not always great at sharing our own stories. Now, some of us are, some of us are great at sharing our, our, our own stories. And quite honestly, some of us share our stories, uh, maybe almost too much. And what I mean by that is, yeah, you know, as pastors and ministry leaders, there's this fine balance that we have to find between um, being honest and open and vulnerable, and then also, you know, being the leader and, and somebody that people can look up to and respect and, and all that. And I've seen pastors who almost are so self-deprecating because they're, you know, they're being honest and it doesn't really scare them, but they're being so self-deprecating it's really hard to follow them. It's hard to trust them. It's hard to, you know, know that they really know what they're doing because they, it almost appears they don't trust themselves. And so it's a fine balance that we have to find. But I, you know, I would say as, as pastors and ministry leaders, share your stories, be honest with some of your struggles, be honest with even your victories. I know a lot of times we're afraid to, uh, you know, appear prideful or arrogant or whatever, but if you've done something that, if you've accomplished something or you've done something great, you know, don't be afraid to share that. Give God the glory because he created the opportunity or he gave you the strength to do it or whatever the case is. But don't be afraid to be honest about your strengths and your victories and all the great things you've done, as well as be honest with your struggles and your difficulties and your hurts and your pains and those types of things. Find the balance between, you know, you know, sharing and being honest and, and relating as well as, you know, maintaining this, you know, at least this respect level of you're the pastor and you're still called to lead your people. Um, but don't be afraid to share your story. Be honest, because especially now, more so than it was 20 or 30 years ago, your honest stories of, of vulnerable moments and difficulties and struggles is what's going to draw in people to your congregation, to your church, um, and into your community, especially younger people. So be honest because, man, they're going to see right through any facade you've created. So be honest, even if it scares you. The third thing is, is don't wait until it's perfect. 
Don't wait until it's perfect. Now, um, I've heard this analogy before about comedians. And so, you know, I don't know if you've ever watched comedians or listened to comedians, but you know, we, most of us have seen some sort of stand up comedy at some point. And we've seen comedians and man, they just nail it joke after joke, after joke, after joke. And, and I know for me, when I would, when I first understood or saw comedians, I thought, man, how in the world did they do that? They're so good. Every joke is a hit. Well, what I've realized is, is that they have tried those jokes maybe a million times and they've eliminated the ones that don't work and they've honed in the ones that do. And what they've done is, is they've told those jokes when they weren't perfect in order to hone them in until they were. And so what I would say is, is, you know, sometimes, especially in our sermon prep or our class creation or whatever we're doing, we're wanting to nail that story every time. And we're wanting to create, you know, that experience perfectly every time. And we, and, and, and we go over it and over and over and we practice, we practice, practice. And sometimes we don't even tell the story until we have it perfect. But the problem is, is that we really haven't used it in front of people enough to really hone it in. And there's so many opportunities that we've missed sharing that story, even if it wasn't perfect. And so if you have a story especially one that in the moment that God, you know, kind of puts on your heart or it comes to mind or whatever. And you have that little hesitation of, Oh, but I don't, I don't know if I've really told, I don't know if I can tell that story or whatever. Just try it. Just try to tell the story. Don't wait until you've perfected it in your mind. Seize that moment and share that story. Even if you stumble around, it's okay. Like people are pretty forgiving and pretty understanding with it. Um, and so, you know, don't be afraid to just jump into a story that comes to your mind or that God lays on your heart. Don't be afraid to jump in and share that story. Um, because it couldn't mean the difference between engaging somebody and missing out on engaging them. Number four, create and embrace your own style. Now this kind of goes with using your own voice and being yourself, but your style and how you tell a story, uh, can be very different from another person's. And so, um, one of the, one of the best storytellers, uh, that I've ever seen, um, outside of my roommate, Eric was one of my professors at, at, at Bible college. Um, his name was Dan Crabtree. And, and, and every class that we went to, every class that we were going in, and I had him for, um, I think I had him for an old Testament class. And then I had him for the history of the church. And every class was basically a story. He would tell us a story through the course of the class and, and he would make his application points throughout the, throughout the class. And that's essentially what we did for an entire semester. We'd go, we'd hear this amazing story. And he had this great style, this great way of telling story where, you know, he would create a cliffhanger at the beginning and then he would kind of backtrack and, and, and build the story back up to the cliffhanger that he gave us at the beginning. And then he would, you know, all the way, all the way through, he'd weave in all these application points and, and he would throw out a question to us in the midst of it. And he just had this really great style of how he told stories. Um, now going back to Eric, Eric's style was, you know, he would, you know, what, one of the things I loved about how Eric would tell stories, he would tell a story and you could tell when he was getting to like an important point or this funny moment, because he would kind of get this, he would lift up his eyebrows and he would, you know, kind of give this side ways, look at, at the group. And with this little tiny smirk in his face, like, like, you know, something great or funny is coming because of all of his uh, mannerisms in that moment. And so it was almost like a little cue for us 
that, Hey, this is going to be funny. And so when he would deliver it, we were, we were ready for it. And we would, you know, it just made it almost funnier because of how he would prep us for that moment. And so his style was, you know, very, uh, you know, always looking for the laugh, always looking for the big joke, always looking for, you know, the, Oh, I can't believe that happened moment. And so what is your style? Is your style more solemn and serious? Is your style, you know, more of the class clown comedian? You know, what is your style? create it, be intentional about it. You know, ask yourself either what style do I want or what style naturally fits with my personality and how do I want to create that? Um, and, and don't try and be somebody else and create a style that somebody else has. Maybe you pull things from other people, but, um, but create a style that works for you, that you like, that you're comfortable with. Um, and that really connects with you. And so, um, so create and embrace your own style. Number five, include your congregation. Now, one of the things that we do a lot of times, especially in our sermons, is that we share stories from scripture, which we should. And then we share random stories that we see or hear throughout the week or in our research or prep or whatever, which is all good. That's all fine. But the problem is, is that week after week after week of telling stories from outside of the church and never telling a story that includes your congregation what it does is it, it almost creates this like uh, third person viewer perspective. You know, we want our congregations to reach the world. We want them to reach everybody outside in their world and their spheres of influence. But the problem is, is that when they come into our, con- into our, our services and we are constantly telling stories about everything out there, but never about what's really happening in front of us, we almost create this, almost this, a subconscious mindset that we are watching the world and not engaging with the world, that we're watching what's happening out there. We're not actually a part of it. But when you start telling stories about your congregation, especially stories that members of your church have engaged people in the community or members of your church have, you know, touched people, you know, in, at their home or in their workplace, or, you know, even things that are happening within the church, you're telling stories about what's happening in the kids area or something happening in the, in the student ministries area, whatever. When you're telling stories, um, about people inside the congregation, then it's more relatable. It's more, uh, motivational and inspirational. It, it helps people to feel like I can do that because I'm not hearing a story about some great leader somewhere else in the world. I'm hearing a story about Susie that's sitting right over there and I can see her and she did this really cool thing. Or I'm not hearing a story about some athlete that has a ton of money and all this fame and was able to do this great thing. No, I'm hearing a story about Bob who's, you know, sitting three rows in front of me and he did this thing, reached out to his community or reached out to his neighbor and did this really cool thing and God moved. It makes it a whole lot more real when we're sharing stories about our congregation. The other thing that it does is it creates a strong relational culture within your church. When you're sharing stories about what's happening in your church to people in your church, it creates the culture that you can really build off of. Because it's not something that's happening out there. It's something that's happening right inside here, right inside your sanctuary. There are people doing amazing things for the cause of Christ, reaching people, advancing the kingdom of God. Those are the stories that inspire your congregation 
because it's relatable to them because it's their church, it's their friends, it's their neighborhood, it's their community. And so include your congregation in your stories. Funny ones, inspiring ones, uh, memorable ones, especially if you have an event. For instance, if you have a retreat, um, if you have a retreat and you have a couple cool moments that happened on the retreat, whether it was a funny moment or, you know, maybe it was something that everybody did silly, or maybe it was just a huge God moment, share that story. Number one, it creates anticipation for the next time you hold that retreat and more people will want to come because of this great stories that are coming out of that event. But then number two, it's almost this camaraderie and this connection and this culture building moment of, Hey, we shared this experience together. And I'm, you know, you're my brother or you're my sister and we're all in this big church family together because we've shared this story in this moment. Share stories about your congregation. And then finally, number six, create an engaging experience. Create an engaging experience. And what I mean by that is don't just think about the story that you're telling and the details of the story. Think about how people are hearing it. Look around at your congregation on a Sunday morning or look around in your small group or look around at your classroom. Look around and and how are they experiencing the story that you're telling? If it's an intense story, are they leaning forward? If it's a a heart-wrenching story, is there an emotional response on their face? If it's If it's a funny story, is there this little half smile creeping on the corners of their mouths? How are you creating the experience within that story? Because every story that you tell is an experience, even if it's a quick story, it's an experience that people are having. And as the storyteller, you're creating that experience. And so how are you creating it? Are you just telling the information of the story? Are you just telling about, you know, Jesus, you know, you know, Jesus was in the garden and his, his disciples were supposed to be praying, but they kept falling asleep. And so Jesus got frustrated and then the, you know, and then, you know, Judas and the, and the guards came and and they arrested him and, you know, Peter pulled out a sword and cut off one of their ears and Jesus healed them. And, and then the guards took him off that all of that story is true and all the information and details are right, but it's not an experience. It doesn't draw them into that moment. And so create an engaging experience. If you will create an engaging experience, I promise you this, every story you tell, people will come back for more. There's a reason that the movie theaters are filled with people. There's a reason why people are buying movies at a ridiculous rate. It's a reason why audiobooks are uh, the new medium for, uh, for consuming book content. It's because people are looking for an experience, something that they can escape away from their lives from, something that they can get away from. They're looking for an experience. And so if you are telling great stories and creating an experience that people want to be a part of, They will come back to every small group, every Sunday morning service, every class, whatever it is you're having, people will come back because the experience is something that they're looking for, that they want, and that they will come back for more. And so create an engaging experience every time you tell a story. And so those are 
the six ways that you can tell a better story. I hope that's helpful. I hope it, I hope it, 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 it really uh, sinks in for you today and it helps you to uh, really grab a hold of what you can accomplish through telling really good stories. And so, um, now storytelling is a part of those of you who are, um, who are either going through or familiar with, uh, my engaging church blueprint within that is the discipleship experience. And I talk about, uh, the creating engaging content every, uh, within the framework of creating your engaging content, every time you're, you're using an opening story. And so every time that you're creating content, you're wanting to have this opening story that draws them in, that sets the stage for whatever it is you're going to teach, whether it's a sermon, whether it's a class, whether it's a small group, whatever it is, you're, you're wanting that uh, opening story inside your content. And so, and I, and that's why I build it into your, um, your engaging content framework. That's why I built that in because it's going to set the stage and just create an experience right away for every time that your people come together in whatever context that is. And so if, um, if you're, if you're listening to this and you don't have the content framework, um, you can get it at engagingchurchblueprint.com slash discipleship content. Um, it's a simple framework that walks you step by step. It breaks down what your sermon lesson, whatever it is, whatever you're creating. Um, primarily this is made for discipleship content, but it works for anything. But right at the very beginning, you want to put that that story, uh, that opening story that's going to draw them in, engage them, and get them out of that mindset of, oh, I'm just here for another class, or oh, I'm just here for another sermon, or whatever the case is. It, it draws them in, and it gets them emotionally engaged with whatever you're doing. And so, um, so again, you can get that at engagingchurchblueprint.com slash discipleship content. Well, I hope this is helpful as you are preparing for your sermons this week, as you're preparing for Easter, as you're preparing for whatever it is you're doing. Ask yourself, what stories can I put in here that are going to create an experience that are going to draw people in? And how can I build my own voice, create my own style? Um, how can I practice it until it's perfect? How can I uh, be honest, even if it scares me? And then how can I include my congregation in the experience that I'm creating? How can I tell great stories that build the culture of my church on biblical foundations and relational connection? I hope you have a great rest of the day, and I'll see you in the next episode. Hey, Ministry Hacker community, real quick, I want to invite you uh, to episode 50 of the Ministry Hackers podcast. It's going to be this coming Monday. Uh, we're going to have a live uh, episode with our favorite host, uh, Matt Wozbinski. Pastor Matt's going to join me. Um, he's been here from the beginning, and we are going to do a live episode at 1 p.m. Central Time. And so uh, no matter what you're doing, if you're in your office, your home, whatever it is you're doing next Monday, this coming Monday, Join us for the 50th episode of the Ministry Hackers podcast, 1 p.m. Central. Hope to see you there.